Today's episode of Daily DVR presents True Detective Night Country is sponsored by Wild Gallery. Check them out at wild.gallery. That's wild, W-Y-L-D. Check it out in the show notes as well. And you know, it's not often that advertising can so seamlessly blend with topic, but in this case it does. Wild is a fascinating art gallery located in Austin, Texas, that features spellbinding original Native American imagery exploring heritage, culture, and tradition. Go on over to their website, wild.gallery. The art is amazing. Um, I was really taken by a lot of it immediately. Uh, The website is easy to navigate. You can check out their artist lists, uh, how to contact them, prices. It's really great stuff, and for each one of the artists, it gives a little bio on them detailing where they're from their perspective uh, it's really beautiful stuff so check out wild.gallery that's w-y-l-d.gallery today welcome back everybody true detective daily dvr dvr podcast network check us out dvrpodcast.com we're back with a friday feedback Wow, the response to this show has been fantastic. We really appreciate it. I think we grew the Facebook page by like a third or something like that. So we have so many new members. And really for me, that's the best part is bringing new people in because this show is going to end and then we'll cover something else. So we'll talk about our favorite shows of last year, which we did on the last podcast on Daily DVR. Uh, We podcast about a whole host of stuff. So if you have been enjoying True Detective, there's a ton for you to go back and listen to of old shows that we're going to keep on going. So we haven't even picked out the next one. I'm not quite sure what it's going to be. But whatever it is, I'll tell you what, there might be a person who will come on, and that's Andy because he's on with me today. What's up, Ando? Uh, well, we need to make this quick. I'm <laughs> I'm picking up a friend at the airport here in about an hour. I never met him, but they seem really nice on the internet. So I don't want to I don't want to miss her when I have to pick her up. So well, that's, I'm doing. Yeah, it's, you might have more time than you think, Ando. I'm just uh, son of a bitch. What is this? What does this always keep happening to me? <laughs> you might have a little more time. Well. Uh, if you if you uh, if you believe Laura, who sent us a nice little email, it's Danvers herself who is catfishing Hank, um, and that would be I awesome. Th- I have, and you know, I loved that feedback, and I also had another idea after seeing this episode. I think her idea is better than this one, but it could be Rose, Rose, who all of a sudden is able to afford all of this expensive food in Alaska to make this dinner for one. And when, uh, what's his name, went back into his room, he was picking up rose petals on the bed. Was that a hint to the audience that Rose is the one behind doing this? That's I thought that was an interesting touch, too. Oh, I had not even, that's really good. I like that very much. That's a good one. It could be Because I still like the Danvers one better because Danvers talked about Tinder and all this other stuff earlier. Yeah, so I th- yeah. the Danvers one makes more sense, but... Yeah. There's a lot of stuff with Rose I'm very curious about in this episode. So there's, I think there's a lot more than meets the eye with her. Yes. Well, we have a bunch of feedback that includes Rose. And um, before we do get started, I do want to thank each and every person who takes the time to write something on Facebook, send us an email. That's the two main ways that we get feedback. 
And I appreciate it. I read everything. I try to respond to everything in the hopes that we'll either talk about it directly and name check you or that that information will go into my brain and come out my mouth at some point. And if I don't <laughs> give any, well, give it, someone credit. It, you know, for the first time in a long time, this season reminds me a lot of how the lost days were. I didn't podcast with you guys back then. But I would still send in stuff all the time and everybody else. And it was kind of turned into kind of this big group thing thing where even if like you didn't read my email or something, I could tell that you had read it because yeah. you would still send, you know, like I said, synthesize everything. And it was like we formed this little, like I say, a group think or a think tank that we would kind of, and it's it's kind of happening around this show and not quite as hardcore as it was with Lost, but in a very cool way doing it in this show too. It's making this show a lot more fun than I think it would be without that. So I think that's a great, you put it, succinctly and perfectly andy you're absolutely right that's what it becomes it's all it's all a big group and speaking of lost i'm i'm happy to see that the lost documentary we have to go back i believe is the name it's not the name of it um, uh i think so. well that's what a lot of the taglines have that, said i yeah. don't know if that's the actual name or not i'm not i'm not sure what the actual name of it's just i call it the lost documentary from I'm getting f- excited to see it. It looks yeah, great. Yeah, me too. Our friend Ralph, who we've known for years, being in Lost Podcasting with Jay and Jack, the Darmalars, and Taylor. We had them on a, on an old daily DVR too. So if you're a Lost fan, like that's how this whole thing started. We all started with Lost. Um, check that Lost doc out. It looks like it's getting a lot of press this week. That's pretty awesome. Hopefully they'll be able to get... I think they're really trying very hard to get Evangeline Lilly. I think they've, I don't know if they're going to get Shepard. I don't think he really does interviews due to some stuff that happened during the show and some people are not friends with him. Um, The other one I was wondering about was Dominic Monaghan. I haven't seen him anywhere. Oh, I think they got him. Oh, they did get it. Yeah, okay. I think the he last was early that came on, out, I didn't yeah. see him in there. Okay, I think he was getting lost. Is what I think is what it's called. Getting, getting lost. lost. There up. it is. Getting lost. Okay, um, but yeah, I think Evangeline Lilly is who they're really trying to get. So hopefully, if you're listening, Evangeline Lilly, do the lost doc. It's a lot of people. And involved. come on our show too. We're huge fans. Yeah, definitely. Solo and I might be in that Lost Doc. Ando, for all we know, you might be in the dock because they recorded a live Lost Mythos and there was, back at, they're using the footage that we did and there's, uh, there's like, it was like a two hour show. You may have called in, dude. No, I don't think I'd ever called in. Oh, you did? I thought you called in. I don't think so. No, I think, I think it was, it was all writing because that, 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 at that time, the loss was always on. I was always busy. That, that was always my wor- busy work seasons, like oh, in the okay. fall or in the spring when they when the episodes were airing. So I would usually email you guys at like three in the morning when I wasn't at work. So well, granted, a lot of times you guys were still recording at that time of night. That's so. true. I know it was crazy. Well, speaking <laughs> of three in the morning, it's Christmas Eve and Christmas uh, in Ennis. And we're going to talk about True Detective. Of course, we got a ton of feedback but we're going to start out with feedback from you, Ando, because Heath and I didn't get a chance to read it. So I said, hey, Andy's coming on the pod on Friday. Why doesn't he just bring up his questions and we'll talk about it? And yeah, there's uh, some, yeah, and there's we'll a lot that. of other, a lot of other awesome stuff here too. You know, when you were mentioning the Christmas thing too, and you guys talked about that the other day a little bit, this originally was supposed to air last year. 
it was supposed to air in 2023. I'm wondering if it was supposed to be late 2023 and it just got pushed because of the strikes. And maybe this episode was supposed to air around Christmas time. Can you imagine that? That's interesting. Ooh. Yeah, it's really strange to me because I am a huge Christmas snow person. Like I could live in, you know, yes. Christmas village my whole life. I would be happy, right? Like You'd that. be fine north of the wall. Oh, what? I'd be fine. I would, I was born there, baby. Yes. <laughs> that is where I'm from. But um, this just has no, even with the Christmas trees, the multiple Christmas trees, this episode. And again, I'll mention the really interesting how Peter's Christmas tree, like seems to like, it doesn't blink. It's like a wall. Yeah. It's a fade. I have, yeah, I've, like I've, I've fade. had Christmas. I've had lights that do that before. There's like a setting okay. where you can turn it to it and it'll like do a slow fade and then it'll slowly fade back. And most oh. people hate it because they'll come to my house and like, that is the most creepy thing in the world. They'll never so do that. So creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But it just didn't feel like Christmas. Nothing about this. If it had, I'm thinking if it had played at Christmas, maybe I would have got more of that feeling, but it just did not give me a Christmas vibe. <laughs> there were no gifts under the tree for anyone. Uh, Besides a little cameo by Will Ferrell, there really wasn't a lot of Christmas yes. cheer in this episode. No, that's what I mean. It was so Christmassy, yeah. but yet yep. I still didn't feel like Christmas. So it was very yeah. strange. Um, all right. Ando, you, whatever you want to talk about from your uh, feedback, let's do it, baby. We'll chat about it. Well, the first thing I was going to say, there was one, a couple things you did pick for mine. And uh, one of the things I had brought up, I didn't do a very good job of explaining it in my feedback. And I had said that, how is it possible that the law enforcement didn't know the caves were nearby? Yes. That's when I came, when we talked about feedback a month or so ago, whenever that was, I had one of the things I said I loved about this show is they got the small town things right. And that is something in a small town. The cops know where all that stuff is. They, they don't, I mean, it's way different. Like that's that the cop police force there is probably, I don't know, five people or six people. When, when you're in a town that's that small, the cops know every, they know where all the old mines are and all the old, barns and buildings and processing they know all that stuff because there's just nobody else there they they are the ones that know that stuff so i agree that was one thing i i totally that was one thing where it's yeah because like in a big city it's something of it'd be easier it's almost easier to hide in a big city because there's so many things there to see and so that was it was something that stuck out there was a couple things that stuck out to me in this episode that i was like huh i I don't quite get that but um and (laughs) i also was wondering if Danvers and Navarro should have just handed this investigation off to the Alaska Coast Guard because they found Navarro's sister like three hours after she walked into the water in the middle of the water. I don't know. I thought that was kind of a, a, a strange thing. To, and, and Danvers and Navarro are really struggling with this case. So maybe the Alaska Coast Guard were, were underrating their uh, detecting ability. Um, so. that, that was <laughs> – now that you mention it, <laughs> that's really it's, true right like you think it's a you know it's kind of hard like bodies just float around it's fucking a le- it's well, cold and, out there right at, at first i was and i thought too, well i was like well maybe the timeline is off a little bit and then i rewatched the episode and when navarro goes into the back to the place and she's like i just dropped her off this morning and you already lost her yeah. and so by that point they already knew she was so it was like it hadn't been that long i don't know just a little little tiny nitpick i don't think it's a huge deal but um a lot of talk in this about night country and like we're in night country now an idea I have, and we still haven't seen the mines at all. And the first thing I think of, I always thought of when I heard the title night country in Minnesota, there's a lot of mines in Northern Minnesota and it's called North country. I'm thinking night country is referring to the mines. 
I because it's I like that it's always dark in the mines. So yeah. even in the sunlight, even in the, when it's twenty four hours of sun, it's going to be night country in, in those caves because it's underground. And the 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 little interstitials or the kind of postcards that appear with the director credit for each yeah. uh, episode. This one, I it looked like it was mines that we haven't seen yet. I thought this one was the dredges because you could see the you could see the footprints that Navarro sees later. Maybe when, I think that's what Solo said, so I could stay okay. corrected again. I, I'm not positive, possible. but that's what I was thinking. It's possible, but I like that idea a lot. I mean, it's they they connect. Well, we've only got two episodes left, and the connections yeah. that we got a lot of Tuttle stuff dropped. We got a lot of mine stuff. We met the mine lady at the ice rink. We knew mm-hmm. that she allowed them to use it. Then we obviously last episode after um, Danvers' daughter, Leah, right? Mm-hmm. Spray painted the mine yeah. entrance. Murderers. Yeah. 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 We see the mine woman again who Danvers fucked her husband. But I think they were divorced already, I guess, is the story. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is there anyone in this town she hasn't fucked? Isn't that I, I what don't, Navarro says? I don't know. You know. I actually laughed at that point. I, I, One of the few times I've laughed on this show. Yeah. She, I got, my wife is getting worried that she's going to start fucking people who are doing podcasts about the show at this point in time. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like she can't stop. Uh, I do appreciate that, though. I'm very sex positive. Um, so it's got, there's gotta be a bigger connection. We've got to hit the mines. We've got to get into that and the history too. I think that's great. He's in the night country. I like that a lot. And, uh, I think that's a very good idea. And I'm, I'm starting to want, cause we haven't seen the caves either. I'm still wonder. I, I part of me wonders if the caves and the mines are the same thing. Uh, they connect. That's very, that could be totally true. Right? Well, cause like one of the things that, uh, uh, what's it? Um, Dan versus talks about how they there's power and all this stuff. Well, the video in the and power has been such a big theme, especially in this episode of power getting cut or lights going on and off. And but they talk, they show the video of the, her in the cave and there's power in there. Wouldn't it make a lot more sense to have power in a mine? There would be power in a mine because you have to, yes. to get them. Yep. So it's something there just doesn't. I don't know. I think we need a lot more stuff there. That's. Part of me is a little nervous because there's so many loose ends here. I'm I'm wondering if they can actually, if they're just going to leave a lot of stuff unexplained, which I'm sure they will leave some stuff unexplained, but there seems like a lot of major stuff that has not had really any, have either been dropped or we haven't come back. I'm hope I'm so hopeful, but I'm a little, I'm skip, I have a little tinge of nervousness that we're going to have a lot of stuff just left not being talked about. Well, I think that we will, and that's okay. I, I think, yeah. um, I, I also think that knowing what HBO Warner brothers and everything, if this, this seems to be a big success and if they're willing, I wouldn't be surprised who knows how this ends, but night country Two, you know what I'm saying? Like they could like a direct, a direct sequel to this. Yeah. They could kind of continue it, but we did have, we had an, we had a feedback. I can't remember whether it was on Facebook or through email where someone was just extrapolating about everyone digging into everything. And maybe it was Lori. I can't remember. And uh, um, it was like, maybe it was with a haiku and it all makes sense, <laughs> right? Like 
Yeah. Talal, they're digging into the ground, the mines, caves. This is all underground shit. It could all be connected. And one thing connected to the other thing could have affected the other thing. She could mm-hmm. have gotten from the research place into the mines, which led her into the cave, right? Yeah. So yep. I, I think when you're getting all this stuff that's connected, I mean, it, we're going to end up there. And I think, and I want to end up there. And I really do feel, and do you, you listen to our pod uh, earlier this week. Don't you feel like we are as a show to move? We've moved into night country. Like, I feel like we are the supernatural elements. All, all of this, this strange world is what's going to be the next two episodes. And I don't think we're going to get our answer to what happened until we come out of that. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, it's I until this is the episode that really, really makes me feel that. I mean, I still think there's some there's some things that could happen that could cause this to not have a major supernatural element and not be as pr- prominent as it seems. But it's really getting hard to make that case. I know Brett has some feedback later that's going to lay out a lot of that. And I have some stuff that can actually add to that, that I think it could still happen. But I think we're about, to, I think we're ready to uh, just about, we're going to jump into crazy town here real quick. <laughs> All to aboard. What happens. And, yeah. And the, the digging in the ground thing, I've liked that since day, yeah. like since the first episode, I've still like the, I think, I still think what it, besides them being underground, something, they found something underground or somebody unearthed something or there's some kind of monster or animal or something coming or bacteria or virus or whatever it is, something tied into the, and I think it's more than one thing. I still think there could be some, whatever ghosts or whatever the stuff is going on. It's, it's hard to deny the fact that, I mean, a lot of this episode felt like the sixth sense. I mean, with, especially with, um, with Navarro's character. I mean, it, it's like everybody's pointing at her and it's, she's seeing all these ghosts and she's like, is she Haley Joel Osment in the sixth sense? It seems a lot like that. So, mm. um, let's see here. What else was I going to say? Um, Oh, um, solo talked about, uh, a lot about Ted and how we should watch Ted. Are you still there, Axel? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I thought I cut off. For <laughs> I was, a I was, wait, I was like, what about Ted? What about Ted? Okay. Andy? Yes, and when Ted, when he was talking about how we need to watch Ted, I was just nodding my head up and down. I was talking back to the, back to the the phone that I was listening to it on. Yeah. I think completely because I think they even dropped a hint here, and I think it was a very minor callback to season one, where they talk about him running for mayor. Um. In season one, we found out that the, one of the Tuttles is a governor, so they have infiltrated politics. He's cover he's covering things up. His reaction when Liz says she's treating it as a murder case, he shows up immediately after Liz sends him the video, and then he says, "Make sure you don't tell anybody about that video." Yes, there's just too yeah. many coincidences that I'm like, I think the mayor thing is a hint, is a nod towards the season one where the Tuttles have been in government as well. I don't not saying he's a Tuttle, but I think it's a little nod to that. So yeah. it's I. I really like the idea of him being in on this and covering something up. That's why he's back. That's all this other stuff. It's- well, that's our shady organization tie-in, right? We have to have mm-hmm. a, 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 the power structure, uh, and he represents that. And with being able to 
if we think about the evidence, the original flood that made them move all the evidence into Hank's house, which seems like a strange place. Hey, let's put all the evidence in someone's house. Uh, it, it's that all could have been orchestrated yes. by somebody else yep. pretty easily. Definitely. That's it, it all. That that seems to fit like a glove. I'd be surprised if that didn't. Yep. If that wasn't something about it. And the uh, the other thought I had with Ted, and it, this is what it it really stuck out to me. And I, I had to watch after the second episode or second time watching it. I finally kind of when Ted's in the office and he waters that her dead plant, and I'm like, why is that scene even there? What is that? And he sniffs the he sniffs it. He sniffs the sniffs the water before he pours it in there. Danvers oh. was drunk was drunk driving in this episode. Was he checking to make sure she wasn't drinking? Did she was she the one responsible for killing her own son because she was drunk driving? Is that why we haven't seen who killed her son? Oh, and they covered Oh, I had not Wow, Andy, nice catch. That's very interesting. That's a very interesting that, idea. That him him with that water just I was like, why is that there? That's well, I mean, it could also, just be a cork. But, well, there's bad water in the town. We know that. Yeah, right? well, that's true. That is true, so. but I mean, that's a common thing though, like if you see stuff not that I know a ton of alcoholics, but like when you see things in movies about somebody trying to get back on the wagon, the whoever's there will sit there and sniff the drink to make sure it's okay. I mean, yeah. that's a thing. So that was kind of what, and it seems to me strange that we haven't heard more about what actually happened with Danvers's son. Plus the, I mean, and with the tie-ins with the eyes and all that stuff and the, the polar bear is a polar. I don't know. That's that one is really, that's not a fully formed theory there, but I think there's something to that might, maybe I, don't I like know. it. I like it. All right, um, Ando. You had some stuff and, about whales. Were you going to yes, tell I like that? Yes, yes. This was the one I wanted to kind of save this to my end here. But um, there's so much talk about whales and whale bones. And, like, they've they passed by some gravestones that had whale bones marking the – I mean, lots of whales and just animals in general in this. Like, even one of the first scenes in the season was them talking about how the crab harvest was way down and – and like the, there was a line about the when Navarro was, I think it was Navarro walking into somebody's house, and she's like, you know, someday those dogs are going to eat you, and just lots and lots of animal stuff all over the place. And I wish I could remember who it was. Somebody on the Facebook group a while back, I was searched for it, and I can't. I would love to give them credit, but I could not find the comment. It said that there was a, they had uh, it was a picture of some kind of prehistoric creature that had a had a nose or teeth or something that looked just like the star marks on. On any case, oh, it body. was it was Grandpa James. There's a tool, okay, that does that. Well, no, that, there was a tool, but there was also some kind of prehistoric animal that had it too, not the tool. Oh, this is a different okay, thing. Okay, okay. Um, we all, we also got just to throw this in since we're talking about it. We mm -hmm. had a email from a person who wanted to remain anonymous, perhaps because they oh, were in yes. Venice, Alaska. Um, that was saying, could they be from stars on the uniform of the police? Like a, it's almost like a little, like a little star, but I think it's a little too small. Like it would be, I don't, was it that big? Well, it was, that's, that's, that's a, you know, I went, I went back and watched episode one last night too. And they're not, I mean, they're, they're bigger than like a golf tee. So I don't know. Oh, it could it be could from be. the collar. Yeah, or yeah, that's like the pin sense. on the collar yeah. or something like that. Yeah. The the uh, the the reason why I was saying the the prehistoric animal that had it because 
a creature when attacked or an animal, say that was some kind of strange animal. I mean, I'm going into crazy town here, but why the hell not? Cause that's what I do. I go into crazy town. But if it was some kind of animal that they found an animal is something that would sit, stab somebody numerous, like bite somebody or until they were dead. I mean, they, that's like the 32 stab wounds is like, wow, that seems like a crazy amount of stab wounds. But if it was an animal, I mean, when animals fight, they fight to the death. They don't just stop after they punch and knock somebody out. Yeah, it's so that's it. You know, Andy, I'm glad you mentioned that because lately HBO has been pushing. Remember the show The Outsider? Yes. With, with Ben Mendelsohn. adaptation. Yes. Yep, and Jason Bateman directed it. Yeah. Which was, I thought was really cool. And one of yeah, the, I one enjoyed of, it a lot. Yeah, one of the parts I liked about it is it has, and Stephen King likes to do this, where kind of people team up at the end and they're like, well, we're just going to fucking take this thing out, right? Like they get practical yep, about yep. it. And yep. I, I wonder, I've been thinking about that for this show. Are they going to get practical about it at some point? Like we, I mean, we left off. And we should say we're recording this on Friday. There's going to be a new episode dropping tonight. So hopefully yeah. hope this eight Eastern, I think. Yeah. The stuff we're talking about is going to still be relevant, but Hey, okay. Listen to the podcast anyway, give it some. Lights. Well, and it's been a while since I've watched season one, but in, it's in season one, a large, a large portion of that season, McConaughey and Harrelson are at odds and they have to team up to, at the end. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah. it would be a nod to that too. The, the, uh, well, we had the Danvers and Navarro get together. Now we have Navarro. Is, is she going to be taken out? Is she going to recover from whatever this ear bleeding trance sitting in front of a Christmas tree is? Or what's going the, on? The ear bleeding thing was another thing that I was going to mention. Too, this kind of goes to my, like my Brett side of things where there could be explanations for a lot of this stuff. So also back to the whale prehistoric creature. I mean, whales are very old animals too. They've been around yeah. forever. Whales do have the ability to make, I Googled this cause I was just curious. It's like, can whales make sounds that people can be damaged hearing? And yes, they can, they can make incredibly loud noises up to 188 decibels, yep. which is louder than a jet engine. It's loud enough to cause massive hearing damage in humans. Wow. Wow. You know what? And I never knew it could be that loud. Yeah. I and it's, whales. and the other thing <laughs> That was also, and this is stretching a lot, but Elf, the movie Elf, when Ted is watching Elf, he pauses it literally two seconds before a narwhal appears. Do you know what a narwhal yes, is? Yes, of course I know what a narwhal yes. is. A narwhal, which is a form of whale, it yeah. has a very large, almost a unicorn thing sticking out of its It's the unicorn of the sea. Yes. Yeah. It's like a manatee with a unicorn. Yeah. It's like a unicorn manatee. So, and it's it's in the whale f- family. So, combining all those things is that did they discover some new kind of uh, marine mammal? Because there's also all the other allusions to to marine stuff and animals and. I hope all this the stuff. Co- I like. I hope it gets more crazy. You know, there has been some pushback, Ando. Um, our yeah. Good oh friend yeah. Mike of one Mike did make a post saying that the streets have turned against true detective. And yeah, I've seen some people on my timeline that I'm watching it and yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm done. That's enough for me. It, I don't know why I, I, the show has shown this is what it is from the beginning, but I guess people, sometimes people, I guess do have an aversion. They, 
don't want things. Hey, it's the same thing going back to Game of Thrones, right, Andy? How they snuck yep. all the magic into it. And Dan yep. and Dave later talked about that was totally purposeful, that they felt if they started this show off with a bunch of magic shit, it was going to be classified as a fantasy show. People weren't going to like it. It's a genre. It's not. Yeah, dramatic. you have to slowly. You have to slowly. Yeah. Measure it in and just slowly dole it out. I I had heard one time, and I can't remember. I want to say it was Dan Aykroyd talking about this thing a long time ago, and it was some interview about Ghostbusters, and somebody was like, "Well, how in the hell did you manage to make that thing work?" And he's like, "Well, we had to start slow. Just li- I mean, Ghost was in the title, so people knew it was a ghost, but." If if we if we told people the end of the movie is going to end with a giant marshmallow man crushing the city, nobody would go see it. We had to work our way up to that craziness that slowly peppered in through the beginning of the movie. And I always think about that when yeah, I think of things like great. Game of Thrones or yeah. something like that. It's but I think with this too, I think some people kind of like how some people were with Lost, where when they didn't get the answers that they wanted, they turned on the show. Yeah. And yeah. not like there's a lot of answers. Right? Yeah, there's not a lot of answers coming yet, but I think people are like, I don't like this yeah. way. So they, and some people don't, some people don't like to have their expectations not met. And I mean, yeah. I personally yeah. love being surprised. I, I will be just fine if when I watch the show in five or six hours here, everything I talked about in the last 20 minutes just is completely blown to hell. I'm, I'm fine with that. I would rather be yeah. surprised. So I, I, you know, I feel the same way, Andy. I, yes, of I, course. I always have. And, that's why I'm anti-spoiler. It's not because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not like getting mad at people on, on the internet. Like, oh, you 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 suck, blah, blah. It's just because as having created shit myself and being a fan of shit since I was a little kid, like we all have been, the best thing, the best journey for me is when I'm on the journey. When I know yeah. something, it takes me out of it and I'm watching, it's like non-participatory, and I like to feel as if I'm a participant, and so my own thoughts, feelings, reactions to it are are true. They're not manufactured, and they're not intellectual. They're, they're like emotional, right? Like you have a, a feeling yep. while you're watching something. So I hope to be surprised by things. This is why I love doing a show like this. this is why I love reading people's emails and weird ideas because <laughs> it's a journey. And I really, I was just talking about this at my son's uh, uh, Boy Scout meeting, how me and this guy were talking and he was like, you know, the, th- the, we, the kids went and did it. We're in parent corner now, folks. Sorry. <laughs> but uh Just a little side diversion. Kids, we'll be back. He's been doing Cub Scouts and we're not religious or anything, so we're not we don't go to church. We don't it's but it my wife and I think it's good to have a kind of see how like an organization works, right? And where you're working with a team and with other people. And this Boy Scouts troop has good ideas, they do good things. And when we were, he's like moving up. And so it's a first boy scout meeting and the kids do everything like the, the parents and the, like the older leader, he doesn't do anything. It's run by the kids. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, that's like a really exciting thing. Cause you get to learn and everything. And yeah. I was talking to a guy about, it and he's like, yeah, I like this because they make mistakes like they'll go mm-hmm. out there and they will forget the gas for the grill or something. And then we're like, well, can one of you drive, go pick it up, 
You know what I'm saying? Like solve the yeah. problem. L- learning to deal with mistakes and have, having yeah. to fix them yourself is a skill that you can never learn too early. No, no. And it's about the journey. Like the yeah. end of the story is it's not really about how well did you do it. It's about what you learned along the way. And mm-hmm. I like learning along the way. So when things took a turn in this episode and became really much more supernatural, really the end of the third episode is when it, you know, when the guy sits up and he's like, your mother's waiting for you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it takes a turn. I'm like, but I'm buying it. And one of the other reasons I'm buying it is the Ghostbuster example if mm-hmm. we go back and we re- rewatch episode one, episode two, they're laying it on so thick. The night is coming. It brings with it darkness. It brings yeah. with it she's ghosts. Awake. Yes, yeah. she's awake. Things that. So I think they've done a really. Uh, that's what surprises me. Is what I'm saying is I think they've done a really good job of moving us to this point and not all of a sudden taking some weird turn. I don't think it's taken a weird turn at all. It was always weird. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's it's such good acting, though, man. Jodie Foster That's, is fucking... She is really a national treasure. She's fuck. She, she kicks ass. She's one... And, you know, she's one of those actresses that I never... Every time I watch her, I'm like, holy shit, she's good. And like when somebody asks me, who are your favorite actors? And I... She never comes to the top of my mind, but every time I watch her, I'm like, God, she is fucking incredible. She's just, just a professional. So good. Yeah, professional. You can tell she's been doing this her whole fucking life, right? Like, and <laughs> you yeah, can see her. Yeah, can't no you kid. see and, her as a kid when you look at her? Even now, I saw her in so yeah. many things when she was a kid. I could just see that little. She'd always like do a little smile or like half, like I would be like half a and, smile. She's good at that. Just just think of all the things we would have been robbed of if the original casting would have happened and she would have been playing Princess Leia instead of Carrie Fisher. Oh, I don't God. think we would have had this career of Jodie Foster. So, and you know, speaking of Jodie Foster, one of the things it's just a fun little nod to her career, which I thought this is a the there's a conversation she has with Danvers where she uh, let me see I wrote it down here somewhere where the hell did I write it? Um, yeah, she says something about how um, the dead are dead and there's nobody here and. There's nothing else. Nobody watching us. Nothing here is like an exact opposite of her role in contact where she played Ellie, where like her whole thing was there is somebody out there. And it's a it's a cool counterpoint to that, because like her whole big thing is it's an awful waste of space. if There's nobody else here kind of thing. I just I thought it was a cool plus her call call back to Science of the Lambs, obviously, is this is like the new updated version of Clarice, which is also just I just I love Jodie Foster. I just I need to keep that in mind how much i love her acting she's so great yeah baby all right ando thank you for the feedback let's keep it moving we got a lot to cover here next up is hans peter our man coming on back thanks a lot for the shout out in episode three i almost dropped my coffee i couldn't believe it neither could my girlfriend so now she listens to your pod as well and writes this email with me. Well, that's awesome. So much going on. Only two episodes to get it all sorted. I hope they can manage because it's really frustrating how slow the investigation is moving. But we just had to write an email. Our predictions. 
Well, like I said, Hans, I need to get the Alaska Coast Guard involved and it'll speed up. <laughs> That's what's going to happen in the end is <laughs> they're going to go on some crazy journey and Danvers and Navarro and they're going to be in the ice cave and all this shit. And they're the gonna, Coast Guard's going to rescue them? Well, they're going to, yeah, they're going to like get out of it and walk out into the daylight. <laughs> and then the Coast Guard's going to be like, oh, yeah, we found the guy who did the thing at the lab. Remember? The last, you know, the last shot of the show almost has to be somebody walking out into into the light out of the cage, doesn't it? It it, it really does. Yeah, it does. I never thought of it till just now when you were saying that, but yep. it it almost has to be. Yep, yep. With wet hair, that's my prediction. But here <laughs> are here are. Let's see, let me get the names right. Hans Peter, Baby Faluka, and Amelie are are writing this email to us. Predictions: Otis will take us to the ice cave. Here we'll find Clark in some form who didn't kill Annie. I like that. Otis going to the ice cave. The pol- I like that too. The polar bear isn't real, but represents Danvers' sorrow for her lost son, which is tied to the toy bear. It's huge and scary. It won't go away until she faces her loss. That's some beautiful stuff right there. I agree. You know, the thing about the, the thing about the polar bear, I like that idea, but Navarro saw it this episode too. Or Navarro saw it in episode one, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Well, I so think that's two statu- people have seen it. Is there a shared Yes, it's a shared delusion, okay. just like us on yeah. this podcast, Andy. <laughs> well, exactly. Okay. Good point. <laughs> um, but I also I I like that idea. Yeah, I but do I too. I also think in some way that the polar bear is helping them. I like the idea, I think it was James again, the idea that the polar bear actually saved yeah, her. A protector, yeah. Yeah, as a protector. Um, number three, the forensic report were confirmed the dead scientist died from shock and not the cold. I think that's true. I, I like that idea too. But I, I wonder if we're ever going to see it. You know, are we going to hear about it? Or are we going to see it? Are we going to see what happened to them? I really hope we see what happened to them. You know, I'm not sure. And, you know, speaking of that, uh, just some other random clips I've been rewatching over the last week or so. The uh, there's a line in one of the earlier episodes. I actually found it for some notes I never sent you guys. But um, when Navarro walks in on Kavik in the bathtub a couple episodes ago, and she walks in, and Kavik says, "You almost gave me a heart attack." And it made me think. Like trying to plant a seed that she is somehow responsible because I know there's a couple people that have theories like that that she's part of this too with a split personality or something. So mm-hmm. I'm not on on board with that theory, but I thought it was an interesting little. I think they drop little things like that to try and build up the suspicions. I mean, they always yeah. do that in this this show. But anyway, sorry. Continue. Well, they agree with that. Ted is part of the cover up. 100%. And that and and exactly like you said, Ando cannot stand idle as the mystery unfolds and he's running for mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talked about that wish list. We need Navarro back in kick-ass mode. She's our favorite <laughs> character too. What a revelation. Yeah. And this actress is going to get so many roles after this and that is very cool. She's awesome. She is yep. so awesome. <laughs> Of really commands the screen. Uh, more focus mm-hmm. on the murder case and less on mental illness and ghosts. It's enough for now, really. Hey, I think that is a good way of talking about what we just talked about, about why some people had gotten turned off, which mm-hmm. is we like to see it kick into like detective mode 100% and really where they're finding clues. 
I would have hoped that for the next episode, and we did see a bit of that, right? Putting all the stuff in a yeah. circle. Um, but with Navarro's condition, who knows how she's going to be? And um, we also saw that. I mean, we saw that in this episode, like the last five or ten minutes, when they when they go to the dredges and the thing. A lot of this episode really felt to me like this was an episode designed to further our character, obviously to further the characters because it was a big character piece episode. But also, it's like the calm before the storm. It really, it almost felt like an episode nine of a of a of a standard TV show where. They're building up to the finale, and even though I know there's two episodes left, it feels like they're ready to kick it down into full gear here now. After because this was kind of like the lull before the storm, is what it felt like to me, anyways. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree, and it's only we're only we only have six episodes, right? So yeah, two yeah. left, and I think I think I read that the last episode is a little longer than normal. I, you know what? Somewhere in my mind, I remember that too. I can't remember where, but maybe it was from, maybe that was from some early stuff that I read. I don't remember. Anyway, here we go. A wish list, a flashback to the last hour in Talal before all the guys went out to scream and die in the ice. Agreed. I want to see that. I want to see what oh, happened. That would be awesome. It would be awesome. Um, Liz and Navarro finally talk about the Wheeler incident and Navarro tells her what the dead son told her to tell Liz. Yes, we need that too. Some shady thero theories. I like this. Is, these are two interesting ones. Yep. Navarro is the human manifestation of the ancient power under the ice. That's why all the ghosts are pointing their fingers at her. That's all. It's true too. Uh -huh. I like that. Navarro, the split personality thing. The she's the we have the little quote from the official podcast where she's both seeing ghosts and has mental illness. Right. So yeah, that's an interesting thing to, how do you deal with that? Cause that's uh, interesting. I mean, that's an interesting concept. Number and two. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't always trust official podcasts either. I just want to put that on the did. record. Yeah, I never did. Because like way back to when uh, I think lost was really the first one that actually did an official podcast way back to then. The producers and the writers always lie to yeah, try and hide job. what they're doing. That's yeah, part of the so story. I I take I listened to I kind of like what Solo was saying the other day. I listened to maybe ten minutes of the very first episode of that podcast, and I'm like, no, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to. They might be telling the truth on stuff, but they might also be throwing red herrings at or off a scent. And yeah, I don't know. I, so I. I'm very hesitant to believe what any is said in there. Anyways, continue. Yeah, when when I was listening to the official Better Call Saul podcast, when we were podcasting Better Call Saul, <laughs> I would just end up saying everything. I would just be like, and they said on the thing, and they said on the podcast, and I'm like, <laughs> yes. I have to stop yeah. listening to it because yeah. it colors what you're saying too. But also, that was a little different. They talked a lot more about production and that's one of the best ones ever. I love that podcast because yeah. they talk so much about production. Like well, sometimes they wouldn't even one, talk about the episode. They just talk about could, production. Wasn't that the one where they split it where the first half or two thirds or whatever was all the production stuff and then they would do a little story stuff at the end? Or am I thinking of a different show? They tried to, but a lot of times yeah. they would end up just talking about how they shot one scene or how they got and, some actress or actor oh, in the right. show. Um, and normally, like, but unless, especially if I'm podcasting on a show or even like this one where I know I'm going to be on occasionally, 
I try not to listen to, and I listen to what you guys are saying, but I don't, I don't, I don't listen to any other podcast for the same reason. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, like you said, cloud my thoughts with other ideas, or I want to try and not figure it out on my own, but figure it out with other people. Like those other ones, it's totally passive where like with you guys, it's more, way more interactive. So, and I, but I did end up listening to those after because they're the best. Um, yeah. Well, that's different done. after. Yeah, yeah. I will do it after the show a lot yep. of times. Uh, this, I like this idea because we've seen the old man. Now he lives in the nomad village or whatever the fuck it's called. Bunch of trailers, nomad area. <laughs> and he also Let's call it nomad land, nomad yeah. land. And he's the guy who we saw in the very first scene. Yeah, and the hunter. then Hans brings up the polar bear is actually this this is this is some crazy theories that he's thrown out. The polar bear <laughs> with one eye is actually the spirit animal of the one-eyed indigenous woman who is attending the ceremonies. Remember, we've seen her at least once, maybe twice. There was a woman and she had an iPad. I remember this. Oh yeah. So that's but the idea that that I, I it could that these are people's avatars and things are acting on behalf because that is, I'm not an expert in any way of, um, of any culture, even my own for God's sake, maybe I'm an expert in Lego culture film and, and podcast TV, culture, podcast, film and TV culture, maybe geek yeah. culture, maybe, um, not the Snyder verse though. Not well, and name. you know, even in one of those early episodes, uh, Danvers said made fun of the spirit animal and all that whole thing. Yes. So, I mean, so it's a part it, of not, many yeah. cultures that you have either the quote unquote spirit, at, but, or that sometimes that animals are manifestation of mm-hmm. God's power, um, nature. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah. I like that. So having it be a person, that's interesting. All right, here we go. Let's keep it moving. Barb has some good ones for us. As Liz keeps looking at the Annie video, I saw the figure of a man approaching behind Annie. He's thank we- you, Barb. I saw the same thing. Yes. Okay. He's I wearing agree. a typical snow parka with a furry cap with a light in the front. To me, it looks like he's pursuing Annie. Ando saw it. I I didn't. I kind of saw yeah, so something. You, I'm not the t- the time I noticed it was it was when. We see it gets a good glimpse I think it was when Danvers was sitting in her bed watching the watching a murder video at three o'clock in the morning, laying in bed, which is something I do regularly. But she's like going back and forth, kind of like a like uh John Madden used to do with the replay thing. And she freezes on an image, and on the very left hand side of the screen, you can see it looks like a hooded figure in a in a in a in, a, in like a big puffy jacket. Completely. Okay. I, I agree completely. All right. Who is it? Is is it uh, that's that's the question. Been? Yeah, I don't. And the thing is, is is who killed? Are the two murders going to be combined? The is there two murders? I, that's the thing. I don't even know. I don't know. I. My, <laughs> my, ah, God. What my is the mystery? Um, I think I still believe that they're connected, and that whatever happened at Talal is retribution for what happened to Annie. I, I I still believe that. I I really like that idea yeah. too. Um, when Navarro's being treated for her injuries by 
how do you pronounce this? I keep on saying Quavic. How, what is Kavik. it? Kavik? Kavik. Kavik. Yep. Okay. Kavik. I like pronouncing the Q though. Just pretend um, the Q and the A are a K. Yeah, but I like, I'm going to keep on saying Quavic. <laughs> Quavic is funnier. Um, <laughs> Bill Kava on our Facebook page put the picture <laughs> of uh, Quaddle. What's his name? Quado. <laughs> Quado from, <laughs> from Total Recall. Total Recall. <laughs> Which uh, there's a story behind that because my friend, my good friend, A Husser. Hey, shout out to A Husser. I know he's not listening, but um, he has been a little bit under the weather, so I hope he's feeling better. We love you, buddy. But Get well soon, Asler. There is a long story also involving Thaxton um, and and that, but I'm not going to get into it. One day I'll tell you that story off air, Ando. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear uh, it. This is a good one, though, so let's get back into it. When Navarro is being treated for her injuries in, in the bar, she reaches into her pocket and the spiral stone falls out onto the table next to her. So she doesn't realize this happened and she goes on her way. This worries me because I really like Kavik and I am afraid this spiral stone is going to bring in the show's supernatural bad guy girl to do him harm just because of his proximity to the stone. Hmm. I saw and, it you more know, of a, t- I, but I saw it the other way. I saw it more of a trying to ward off. But that's the real question: is yeah. this is the symbol something to, yeah, like you said, like a talisman to protect people, or right. is it a, because like, like from? When, yeah, well, when Navarro walks out of the out of the cabin with it, and the guys are there saying you can't be here. And she holds that thing up and says, have you guys seen this? All of a sudden, the dogs start bark, stop yep, barking yep. and like become very submissive. I noticed that, too. So it's I don't that the the, the spiral thing really is. There's some more great feedback about that. We'll get into later that somebody has All some right. cool stuff about spiral. I like that. Interesting, though, that, well, Brett still thinks that Kavik is at the head of all of this. And is our main bad guy, but we'll see if that there is know. still, you know, I, I still think there's a chance. I know. I think I, was that, I do that too. was you and solo thinking it was too. Okay. <laughs> there's, I do too. Yep. There's certain things that don't seem quite on the level with him. So, I mean, granted he is a moonshiner and stuff, but seems there might be a little more nefarious there, but I yep. definitely have not totally ruled him out. Um, Marianne says, I'm enjoying your commentary. I thought I was the only person rewatching episodes and discovering new details. Oh no. <laughs> Things you and your listeners have shared are making my viewing and reviewing more enjoyable. Well, that's great to hear, Marianne. Thank there you. There are for dozens that. of us, Marianne. There yeah. are dozens of yeah. us. Yeah, well, there's a lot more than that. We're 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 a group think. That, that was an old that was an old arrested development joke for anybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Used to watch that show. <laughs> the um, never nudes. Sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, I remember the never nudes. You know, yeah. man, arrest- Tobias is like there's dozens of us anyways sorry you're getting me down the hole if they hadn't done those last couple seasons i'd have such a better attitude towards arrested development that is one show that really tainted itself by continuing i just ignore those two seasons like they don't count yeah and they couldn't even get everyone together all right moving on there has been some talk on your podcast about thinning of the veil between the world of the living and the dead as a potential explanation for some of the weird stuff going on in ennis I'm not an expert in spiritualism, but if we believe that the equinoxes are thinning times, it stands to reason that the long night period in Alaska would be extended period of co-mingling between the two worlds. 
The townspeople seem to accept this and don't appear to be surprised at all by the sightings and reported interactions with the dead. Yeah, I love that's this. A good way I, did not, I did not. I did not read this one before we started. I love that. That's, that's a yes, great way of love putting it. it. And and that's the stuff that they laid down early that makes mm-hmm. me as a person who's not in my real life thinking about ghosts or any of that kind of stuff to accept it in this world. They created mm-hmm. the world where that is what is happening. So I accept it, right? Like it's the science mm-hmm. of that world that that's what happens when the sun goes down. Um, she continues, Navarro's more motherly than we think at first. We see how she nurtured and shielded her sister as children when their mom was having breakdowns. Yes, true. I like that. And that's something that Kavik also points out to her, right? When he's in the bathtub. Yep. Yeah, I've been thinking about the connection between the caribou pileup at the start of episode one and the corpsicle of scientists. These events likely happened at the same time. What precipitated these same outcomes in the human and animal worlds? There's definitely a connection. I think the caribou happened a little bit before because the sun had already went down, right? But it was yeah. like a series of events that's connection. Um, I do think it could have happened around the same time, though, as as the uh, fair, watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off and the yes, the sandwich. No, that's true. The, that that's I think true. that yeah. could be at the same time. Yeah. Though. yeah. Um, and she points out because a lot this has been an issue for people understanding the way Danvers reacts to her daughter. But Danvers does see an image of of dead Annie from the crime photos when Leah put the temporary tattoos on her face. So we can understand that connection. And Ah, now it's been fleshed out too, where Navarro and her sister and and, uh, there's other, other women. I think Leah may have met. There's like the curse of this town, right? Like this, what, what it does to the women here, the, the, the people, maybe it's the indigenous women too, in particular, but maybe all women, or specifically, Nav- specifically Navarro's family too, yeah, with her sister so, and her, and yeah. yeah, so that's a good that good job. Thank you, thank you, Marianne. All right, moving on to Susie. Um, my thoughts are that Talal could be behind the water poisoning, especially given the decline since the scientist disappeared. It's important to separate this from assuming the mine is responsible for the polluted water. I think it's all connected, but that's a good point. Yeah, I think it could easily be both. I think that was maybe the first thing I even sent you guys for the first episode is I I think it could be both of them doing the same thing or they could be the same thing. They could be owned by the same people. We don't know any of that connection yet. So, And Susie, I mentioned this a little bit in the last episode, but this is a better because I'm reading the direct words. As for Navarro's mom, her disappearance <laughs> is unclear, possibly linked to a picture with a red arrow saying rare specimen. In the first episode, yeah, she was a test subject at Talal being submitted to all sorts of experiments. So raising questions about the experiments, their purpose and the town's well, as well as raising about their purpose and the town's well-being. Annie's knowledge might have led to her death by the scientist, except for Clark, who cut and froze her tongue and kept her cell phone. I like this idea. I think it seems like revenge for yeah. what happened and that they were involved. I like the, the keep, test subject the keeping idea. of the tongue. You know, yeah. I'd never heard of it. I hadn't thought of a good idea or a good reason as to why the tongue would be there. But if they kept that as a specimen, yes. that would make 
total and like I said like we just said a few minutes ago the revenge thing I I absolutely love that yeah I actually I have a I have some of the stuff with Rose I think we'll get into at some point in here but I I think Rose might be tied into that too maybe the ringleader even but anyways continue with Susie's stuff. um Clark she continues Clark needed convincing that it was Okay, so we're continuing the story. Annie's knowledge may have led to her death by the scientist who cut her, froze her tongue, kept her cell phone. Clark needed convincing that it was for Talal's good because he loved her, perhaps explaining his strange behavior and guilt. After Annie's death, he takes her phone to the trailer, draws her tattoo, gets one himself. When they wake up Navarro's mom, she turns into something they can't handle. Oh, this is getting into a real interesting. She marks Dr. Lund. Chasing them onto the ice. This is how we know about Angie's mom and gives her that eerie message. Oh, that's how. Oh, see, Dr. Lund was chased by her mom. So that's why he's saying your mom's waiting for you to Navarro. (laughs) Clark, with nothing to lose, grabs Annie's tongue and throws it where it will be discovered. Oh, this is a nice little script there. Okay. That's excellent. This grew like the season. It was like, first it just started out as like nice podcast. Then it became a script and then it became an a lot. All right. I like story. I like it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Helen uh, says you brought up solo brought up about guest stars being the killer, i.e. Columbo law and order. Rose is played by a well-known British actor, Fiona Shaw, and she's not there just to be an oracle um, or butcher wolves. Okay. Um, did that's, Yeah, in that first, ep- first time we see her, she's butchering that wolf. Oh, that's right. Or butcher in wolves. In the first episode. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think Rose feels close to Navarre because she knew her mother and may have been involved with the research. After all, where's her money coming from? Professor, my ass. She had to be doing important psychological research for Talal and been paid quite well. She's probably still keeping an eye on the place. She needs information on the investigation from Navarro. I think she knew exactly where those frozen bodies were and said Travis told her. Very suspicious. Yeah, I'm. this is kind of what I was referring to a few minutes ago, too. I, th- I think she is somehow tied into it and... I, I don't know if she's the ringleader of the revenge thing or what. I mean, the the line that really stuck in my mind was when, when she's having the little Christmas dinner with her and Navarro. She says, all of Santa's elves drowned in global warming. That's why I, I, there's definitely an element of of climate change and all that's kind of been floating in the background the whole time. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I like Annie was doing a lot of the protesting, a lot of the reasons why people have said she was killed. Even maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe she was killed being experimenting, but everybody else thinks it was the mine killed her to keep her quiet. So there might be maybe there's retaliation for the miners, even though the miners didn't do it. I mean, there could be all kinds. I still I think the the climate change piece is something's going to be happening there, too. And something more with Rose, for sure. Yeah, I'm also the same way as Solo, like she says here, where when you got a guest star. They've got a major part. Yeah, it's part of why it's part of the same thing I thought with Christopher Eccleston being the same way, the same exact thing. I like it. I like it. Um, Deanna, this was brand new. She just put this up this morning. So, oh, okay, cool. This season, I have many theories with practically no answers to allow me to stick to a specific one. That being said, I cannot stop seeing a few connections: the spiral, the one-eyed polar bear, real and teddy bear form, 
and Danvers and her son playing the one eye game. I believe that the spiral is an eye. That is the one thing I'm sure of. Love the podcast. Thank you. I like that. She posted a bunch eye. of great pictures on Facebook yes, too. That I kind saw of that. goes with. Okay, I wasn't sure if you'd seen yeah, those yet or not, but the, yeah, uh, I, I like this Sauron. too. Yes. Um, that's or I like the, uh, that. The uh, it was a red eye in the dark tower too. The Crimson yeah. King. That was his symbol. Was a red eye, very similar to this. It can also be the uh, you know an eye like we we're talking about. You're talking about um, global warming, retribution for things happening to women, indigenous women, or cultures. Um, the idea, of, uh, like somehow nature taking revenge on man, yeah. right? The yep. scientists. What do the scientists represent? Were they there? They weren't there doing research on global warming or trying. It, it seems like they were there trying to do, you know, life extension, help men, help men, yeah. right? Like help mankind. Looking for the fountain of youth. Yes. Yes. Like, right. Not help nature, not figure out what man could do to be better with nature. So yep. this eye is watching. This eye is judging. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. Um. So you have here, oh, that that reaches the end of our, is that reaching the end of our emails? Oh, we got one. We got some more nope. stuff. Okay. Alex put this big one up in the, last night in the middle of the night from Facebook. The, the, the black picture that I have posted there, he copied it from his notes. So there's a picture after the paragraph, if that makes sense. And then Brett's is after that. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Let's see. Oh, oh, he is trying to put uh, this. So this is like a, he brainstormed like what the hell is happening. Okay. And he, he wants to get it on the record before, before the next episode goes in case oh, okay. he, he nails it. I think Annie K falls through the ice impaled by dinosaur whale bones. Annie is patient waiting. Wait, ancient yeah. microorganisms. The scientists are, Oh, she's a patient zero for an ancient microorganism. Yeah, the scientists are studying the microorganism has side effects, insanity, haunting hallucinations, when Clark tells Lund about Annie's accident, they retrieve the body and take her tongue to study the microorganism, which we know her tongue had weird cells on it, right? Yep. That's yep. why we're talking about the tongue, not just because it's connected to her, but it's because it had <laughs> yeah. weird cells. What's yeah, what's on it? Yeah. yeah. They study the microorganism, then they dump the body at the edge of a village the haunting is from a proximity length of time around who's infected. Okay. Um, I like the idea that all the wounds that Navarro interprets as a de uh, desecration of her body were really done in the name of science. That's an interesting yeah, I, idea. I like that idea better than yeah. my animal idea. I, I really like the him, his and Brett's ideas kind of mesh with each other. That's why I kind of put them at the very bottom here. I thought that'd be a good, good, They'll complement each other nicely. Um, Navarro found her body and was infected. Navarro's closest kin gets infected and slowly goes crazy and suicides after moving to Alaska. Navarro's former partner, Liz, has to use a white noise machine to suppress the spookies, and they're starting to come back after they started working together again. Navarro has been dealing with the infection haunting for years. Annie infected Clark, his associate Heiss, is also insane. Clark locks himself in his room at Talal and is segregated from the rest of the scientists most of the time until the first day of night when they all disappear. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Right. We didn't see Clark. He was stuck in his room. 
Yeah. And, you know, I really, really like, I love this idea. I love the idea of a virus or, yeah. I mean, because that's basically what, and, and I could never put my finger on it until I, until you were actually were reading this, but in the very first episode when we were at Stalal, or Palal Station, I couldn't stop thinking of specifically the TV adaptation of the first one of Stephen King's The Stand and at the beginning where there's a virus and I'm like, and I couldn't figure out why I felt that way until you were reading this thing here. And it's like, maybe a virus did escape. And this is some weird, crazy virus that is causing all this stuff. I just, I love that idea. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I love, love, love that idea. I like that very much. But you know what? Reading that white on black messes my eyes up, man. <laughs> I can't even see now. Where are we? Um, (laughs) when I copied it off my thing, I had the, the dark setting on Facebook. So that that was my bad. No, that's okay. Woo. Gosh, man. That's, um, like my, I love that website, dark horizons, but sometimes I can't look at the, (laughs) I think he did something to it lately to make it look better, but Ooh, man. Um, all right. I'm going to let you, if you may, because my (laughs) eyes are actually bothering me right now. Um, could you dive us into Brett's big theory? This is how this is what Brett tells us. And he's had this on Facebook, so if you want to read it, go to Facebook and you can read this whole thing because it's quite intense. Daily DVR, a TV film podcast. Oh, yeah. Look it up. There you go. Here is my true detective night country scientific theory for what could be happening. In episode one, Peter surmises the scientists were seeking the origin of life. The group included a geologist, geophysicist, geobiologist, environmental chemist, two biophysicists, structural biologist, and a paleomicrobiologist. The range of disciplines is indicative, indicative of how many forces are needed in Sapatico to create and sustain life. Something is tipping in the scale of Ennis. It could be in part its proximity to the Earth's magnetic North Pole, which has been known to shift over the ages. If it shifted, maybe it could cause a migratory animal like caribou who relies on an innate compass to become lost or unstable. Additionally, if there is an ancient microorganism under the ice that under normal circumstances emits a negligible amount of electromagnetic radiation, maybe a change in the magnetic field could cause a buildup. Perhaps the energy is normally neutralized by the sun's UV rays, but without the sun for weeks on end, the balance is thrown off further. You want to talk about anything I've got so far? Do you want me to keep going? Keep going, baby. Okay. There was a scientist there to study each of these components and how they are connected. It's possible the Tuttle family funded a research station near Ennis, specifically because of the volume of eyewitness accounts of supernatural phenomena perhaps looking for knowledge or a power they could exploit with their religious cult. The way the scientists were found frozen in time and terror reminds me of Pompeii, as if something analogous to a pyroclastic blast killed them. Brett, you're killing me with all these tough words. I haven't had to say these in 25 years. (laughs) Maybe a strong enough wave of electromagnetic radiation could knock out the power, as Danvers deduced, and could possibly even neutralize the ions in their blood, grinding their cellular activity to a halt, shutting down their organs without damaging the structure of the building. Lone survivor Raymond Clark, mentally unstable after the accident, could have stripped them down and buried their bodies in the snow as a last-ditch effort to revive cellular activity. He folded their clothes near the bodies so they could dress again upon waking. Perhaps Annie Kay died the same way. In an EM phenomena incident in the ice caves, 
that knocked out the generator right before her organs started shutting down. Perhaps Clark and or the scientists sent her on the expedition, and Clark has blamed himself for her death ever since. One of the Tuttles could have covered up the true cause of death in order to protect the potential scientific breakthrough, paying off Hank to frame it as a murder at the mines to keep the authorities away from the research. Navarro's mother could have died the same way too. The story goes that she walked out onto the ice and was later found murdered with no suspects. Perhaps in small doses, the energy affects neural connections in the brain, similar to a drug that causes hallucinations and soothing anxiety and sufferers. Examples, Jules and Travis, are attracted to the ice fields as if to get a fix permanently. The lore of the energy in the ice has been passed down by the Inuit for millennia and is represented by the crooked spiral symbol, used both for reverence, used, both, used for both reverence and warning, almost like yin and yang. Brett, not only a professional text jokester, <laughs> but a genius at figuring it all out. Even if this isn't true, I want it to be. I love all of this, Brett. (laughs) All I can say is, holy shit, this is amazing. I love it, I mean, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I love this. Brett never ceases to amaze. He he did such a good job of mixing the supernatural and the scientific and what's happening. And yeah. And then if you throw in the, like some test subjects with her, with Navarro's mom, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you can fit stuff into it. And I, I like all of that. I hope we get, they really have, I mean, now that I really think about it, we've talked about it again for an hour or so. They really have set up a lot of crazy shit and yeah. a lot of levels of crazy shit from the personal to the interpersonal to the supernatural to the, to the structural, the law, government, it's the past family relations, uh, climate change. It's, there's I mean, a lot of they, stuff going on. They can go and you know, tech stuff, technological stuff. Yeah. I mean, scientific, it's, there's a lot of ways they can go. That's, yeah. that's part of why I'm, I really have no idea. Normally when we're coming to an end of a show like this, I have a pretty good idea or a couple. I'm like, okay, either this or this is probably going to happen. And I really have no idea where they're going to go here. Cause it's, there's so many things and directions they could go because there's so many things are set up. Yeah. Well, hey, I got another direction they could go. Debbie throws one out here on the Facebook page. Perhaps it's prior, meaning Pete, that's catfishing his own dad. <laughs> he got, oh, right? I love it. He got the sweet dad he wanted after he was let down and was going to go home with him for Christmas Eve. Um. He had, he got out of that. He had to answer Danvers. His dad was so unkind. Why wouldn't he duck around with, fuck around with him this way, knowing how desperate he is for company? I think that's a very interesting idea. That is very funny. Wow. Um, interesting points. Pete, Lori says, Pete Navarro went to Oliver's place and found the spiral. I think this is the first time that I've seen a spiral put inside a spiral I don't recall that happening before. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know about that. What was that again? The spiral within a spiral. What was she referring to there? I you cut out there for a second. Uh, when they went uh, when they went to Oliver's place. Oh yeah. Um, this is interesting. Okay. Uh, let's see. Bill says, "Listening, I'm starting to think the spiral symbol might kind of portal opening a separate dimension." 
perhaps to the dead, sort of like a portal stone you can see in different places in Ireland. Interesting. Or maybe it's a kind Mm. of protection, though it wasn't very effective for Annie. That's interesting, too, that it's it's some way a pathway to another dimension. Uh, Maybe they find Pinhead there or something. Yeah, I like that. All right, I'm trying to. I don't think I don't think we need a Hellraiser crossover with True Detective. That that might be a bridge too far for even me. Ooh, that would be cool. Um, (laughs) Oh, one thing I really liked about this episode was the way that the white noise went from the HBO. Yeah, the HBO thing. Yeah, Yeah. just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, there's a little bit here from Gareth, too. I don't know if you saw this one. Oh, no, please. On Brett's post, yeah. He he loves Brett's Brett's theory and says, I still wonder if apparently if the apparently contaminated water will come into play. We know toxins can make people hallucinate. They They say things like like effects of black mold could be responsible for ghost sightings in real life, things like that. Mm. Um, and when it's affecting people who have pre-existing mental health problems, perhaps in the case of Dan Danvers and Navarro, it's PTSD. It could manifest into all sorts of things. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Harley says, wow, I have too many questions. Mel says <laughs> the color teal is everywhere. That's, That's interesting. I, you know, I was going to bring that up. I noticed that a lot when I rewatched episode one last night, the whole Salal station is Miami Dolphins colors. It's teal with orange everywhere. And the the room that, um, uh, what's his name, Pryor's dad, when he's painting the room for the for the for uh, for his mail-order bride, it's that same teal color. And when in this episode, when they walk out on the ice at one point, it looks teal. It's crazy, the amount of teal. I don't, I have no idea what it, I mean, it's kind of an ocean-y color, but... And it goes into that blue queen theory that has been floating around, but I don't know what, I have no idea what it actually would mean, but it's definitely there. Interesting. Wow, dude, that was a lot of stuff. That was a lot of feedback. We, if we missed anything, sorry for missing it. We appreciate you writing it either on the Facebook or into the email. I should check my email real quick. That, that always is what happens, right? Like, oh, we got to go right after we stopped. But um, yeah, I am. Well, the good news is I'm on the pod and Brett already sent in his there, Bible that's link. True. One, so that's you're not going to get anybody as long as either one of ours. So we'll get one from Solo. Solo will be like, hey, guys, I just figured it all out. I'll be like, <laughs> oh, sorry, Solo. We stopped recording. Great. Um, <laughs> thanks, Foley. What a great show. I'm really enjoying it. I'm debating when we're going to watch, well, my wife and I, not I, but both of us debating when we're going to watch, because I think that Heath and I are probably still going to record like Monday or Tuesday um, and give people time. Not everyone even realizes it's released early, you know? Yeah. Uh, so just to kind of put the show out. Well, if you record you, if you record it at, uh, you record it this weekend, you could be just like the ringer and drop it exactly at one minute after the show finishes airing. Yeah. But I like having everyone's feedback. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know, know that's fun. the other thing too, is I like to wait a couple days so we can have people give us feedback through email and on the Facebook page. And well, there's no and rush. The next episode isn't coming out till the next Sunday. So it's yeah, not coming days. out early. Well, too. The, 
the cool thing about this is it's the big break is in between the penultimate and the final episode. So there can be tons of predictions and all kinds yep. of cool stuff for that. Yeah. So, so we'll have a, you, you all will have the weekend to watch it, write us emails. I'll put up, I'll put something up on the Facebook as uh, actually, as soon as we're done for people that do watch it, maybe I'll probably end up watching it tonight with my wife and then we'll, I'll watch uh, do the rewatch before we record. But, uh, any, any, any final theories or thoughts you have, Ando? I don't, I, I think we've ran through most of my stuff. I don't, do you think, you know what? I have one thing that I was going to bring up that I forgot to the, the, um, what's her name? Navarro's sister. When she folds her clothes, do you think that's the same thing that happened with, with, uh, the scientists way back when I originally thought it actually gave me some, some, uh, hope that my, one of my theories was correct. Cause I had said a long time ago that I thought they maybe folded their own clothes. Yes. But it doesn't add up to the way that they found. I mean, unless they found them, they obviously didn't find Navarro's sister the same way that they found these guys. So uh, the I'm cause of death the is different. Or, the cause of death is different though. Right. Yeah. Like, so yeah, for sure. They didn't freeze. So that's the, that's the difference there is I would say that yes. close thing is still, the close thing is still very weird. They made such a point out of saying that though. They've said it yeah. so many times that they were like, they died and then they were put there or so, you know, or, so, if, or if that's a, if that's a cultural thing that, 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 that family does. So maybe her family was involved with those scientists and her family, some, somebody that's related to her family folded them the same way after those guys were killed. I, I don't know. know There's, man. I don't know. So, maybe something there I can't quite put my finger on. Maybe she's going to join mama so they can take down more scientists together. You know, that's I'm, I'm willing to accept anything at this point. Cause it's, it's just a crazy show. It's fun to theorize. <laughs> about. I hope they, I hope they nail it. I just, uh, I really think it's so well produced and I enjoy watching the episodes and the characterizations are so deep and strange. And I feel like I'm still trying to learn about who's who and why they're there or their past relationship that it, 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 this show is a, is a huge success in my eyes. And I hope I wouldn't care if they want to do another season Hey, we've seen it so many times, Ando. You can never hate something. I mean, like, remember when Fargo came out, people? I might not be the yeah. biggest fan five seasons in. I think it's a little repetitive, but it's still, people did not realize, hey, it's going to be its own thing. Everything can be its own mm -hmm. thing, you know? So I, I, I think it's even just this a great feels, world. And even this feels like it could have been nine or 10 episodes. It's, it's shocking that it's only six. Yeah. Cause it, it, it feel it's, there's times where it feels like it's like, you know, like I said, mentioned with the, the Coast Guard finding them that I've joked about a couple of times that that could have been stretched out over a longer, way longer period of time. If there was more episodes, I mean, that's, it's, that's the one sad thing, but it also makes me believe that there's definitely more stuff they could do. So yeah. And that, to see where it goes. And that is the choice of our showrunner writer and creator that she wanted to do six episodes. I read that interview and she said HBO oh, would have okay. loved more. Huh. Um, they would have loved nine or 10 episodes, probably 12, right? I mean, wow, there must so be. So that, that actually makes me content. feel more calm. That makes me feel more confident in the ending. Yeah, me too. She had a sp the, yeah. Hmm. Me too. I always like when people go out early, like Jim Brown and Barry Sanders. <laughs> yes. Leave while you're on top. Don't wait until you're bad. 
Yeah. That's why we win the Super Bowl and quit. Yeah. yeah Let's exactly. get out of here. <laughs> That's why we're getting out of here. And, uh, um, Andy, thank you for your time. It's always a great pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Uh, we you always, as well. Yeah. I always know we're going to have a good pod. Thank you again, everyone for listening. Thank you for downloading. We got a ton of new reviews on, um, on the old Apple podcasts and always, always, always appreciate that. So thank you for all of those. Thank you for uh, no new patrons yet, but we did have a couple people sign up. You can do a free patron to kind of try it out. So I appreciate that. But if you did want to support the podcast and become a patron, that would be fantastic. Uh, but I did want to thank Dawn Marie. Um, let's see. What? Wait, is this? Oh, no, wait. This is the. Oh, no, wait. Look, I looked. I found the official podcast. <laughs> I'm reading. I'm, I'm thanking people who th- did the original. Uh, now this is our podcast. I want to thank Fools and their something. I can't read the whole thing. Machinator. Um, let's see. Keys. That's the people who wrote reviews, but we got a ton of other ones that we appreciate on the old uh, Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever you listen to us on. Become a patron at patreon.com slash DVR. Check us out, DVR Podcast. Write us an email, dvrpodcast at gmail.com. It's in the show notes. Andy, you rock. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. Go Chiefs. Andy, did you pick the Chiefs or the the (laughs) Niners? I don't remember. I picked the Chiefs. I'm not betting against the King. Yeah. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Taylor, we're both both Swifties now. (laughs) Sure we are. (laughs) Peace.